And with that, the hero team, the Sacred Dead, close the book, so to speak, on the Ordo Occisiones Libri. Just another reason not to visit a library, eh, Dirk? Uh, so... I, for one, can't help but wonder at the idea of knowledge so dark and vile that to simply see the words on the page is to spell your doom. Get it, Dirk? Spell your doom? You... Uh, you don't wanna... I'm guessing any book spells your doom, right, Dirk? Ha ha, you know, lowbrow, barely qualifies as sentences commentary. I think we need to talk about the eight Brazilian ton Gorgon in the room. And yet, here I am, not talking about it in front of myriad fans who are here for action and adventure and not my personal drama. Fascinating how I do that. You know as well as I do, half these people are here solely to listen to us talk about our breakfast and how our last bowel movement went. Lords, I wish that wasn't true. For those curious, Luce and Aggie for both. Not like this guy. Every morning at six sharp, it sounds like someone dumping a coffee mug full of lug nuts into a fish tank. Dirk, please. The last thing I need is to hash out the details of an attempted murder with my colleague. I am a private person. I value privacy. You know, not discussing religion or politics, keeping my relationship status a mystery to strangers, using the restroom without commentary from unwanted house guests. Dressing separately. Well, you had me in the first half. The point is, Dirk, I'm handling it. And in doing so, have obviated the need to speak with you or the fans about any of it. I worry about you as all rusty, and not just your mechanical bowel movements. Good. Worry suggests a healthy ignorance. Wow, high praise. Normally I only have the unhealthy kind. Next up, the gutter snipes enter the Axis on a double glory challenge run. How will this crew of gumshoes handle a puzzle-solving quest without the use of their eyes? Stay tuned to find out. You sit in the recovery room. Penny inconsolable, having just revealed that last night she had a dream. Something uncommon to say the least among plural entities. How do you know it was a dream and not something that was happening to another penny? (laughs) Because all of you were there. And there are not versions of you in any other place. Oh, yeah, I I guess that would probably do it. Penny, dreams aren't necessarily to be feared. I understand it's confusing, but you're the first plural to do many things. Maybe you're just one of the first to have a dream. Maybe I'm broken. I don't think the gift of dreaming is something that would happen to someone who's broken. Dreams are sacred. It's a gift, really. How is it a gift? It was so scary. Well, just look at the benefits that Iavos has reaped from dreaming. And I gesture to his frail and grayed frame. (laughs) I would do many things to dream again. Many. Many things, Penny. What was so scary about the dream? Penny looks at Gaspar for a moment, and silence hangs heavy in the air. I don't really want to talk about it. Bagworth pokes his head back in the room. That's it. You're... Looking at, um, 20 minutes now. Uh, it'd be great if you weren't in here now. Yes, it would be great. 
I think I'm still feeling some side effects, though. I still have a lot of bloodlust. Pointed <laughs> towards you. Does that go away? I know you're trying to threaten me, but trust me, it's not going to work. Off you go. I'm just playing around. If it lasts for longer than four hours, we'll find a cleric. <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> you depart and head back to your home. When we get home, I'm going to take a penny into my room to make a pot of tea and tidy things up because clearly, like, my mattress has been tossed aside. My blankets are everywhere. I made a little bit of a mess and didn't have time to tidy it. Let's talk about dreams, Penny. Okay. I know it's new to you, and the one that you seem to have had must have been very frightening, but... Are are all dreams so real? They can be. Some of them more than others. Do you or any members of your family have the gifts of divination? Are you fortune tellers or sightseers to the beyond? Um, yes. Your mother in particular. Mm-hmm. Many of, of the Ev Damon have the gift of prophecy. My mother's one of the most powerful. Would you describe what she does as dreaming, then, when she sees a vision? I, I don't know. We've, we've never dreamed. I don't know how to compare them. Do all dreams come true, Iavos? No. No, not at all. Very few indeed, actually. But if it's in your lineage or within the grasp of your magic to see into the future, you've been given a gift... You've been given a warning. Something scary could happen, and now you can prepare for it instead of having it catch you off guard. And if that's the case, Iavos, you think that I should heed what I dreamt about? I don't know. Once is a mystery. You'll have to try your best to get some sleep and see what happens again. We need to study. We need to measure it against itself. I don't want to be by myself. Can I sleep in here, Iavos? Yes, of course. Uh, I should warn you, though, I haven't been doing much sleeping. At least when we're on Zenith. So, I'd be happy to be by your side. But Penny, I don't mean to diminish the trauma you've gone through. But dreaming is very important. I am a bit jealous, to say the least. Experiencing your first dream... It's been so long since I've rested. Error was the closest I felt for some time. I'm grateful they have walls between us as we bed down, and I can keep my machinations to myself. But this, he says, gesturing to the mattress, tossed aside, this is not sleep. This is a sick imitation. This is like climbing into a cold bath and pretending to be rested. I find only fleeting moments of slumber, and it seems these days I need some help to find my way there. And it now takes four where it used to take one. I'm not sure what's becoming of this body I was left with, but cherish your sleep, Penny. Cherish your dreams, even if they frighten you, because the reality without them can be quite cruel. Caspar. Your invitation came unexpectedly with a knock at the door. You found only a note. The address for a training room. Come armed. 
When you arrive, the space is empty. Is there anything for me to hide behind? No. It's a training room, and it's specifically one of the hologenic training rooms. I try to open all of my senses to spot any presence, perhaps even invisible. Nothing that you can detect. Roll me a perception check. I remember this is a game, and you're supposed to roll dice at some point. That's a six minus one. You definitely notice the nothing that's in the room. It's probably an animal based off that roll. (laughs) As you sit there investigating the space, growing more and more uneasy, you start to question the nature of these orders. Thoughts run through your mind. Did they want you out of the house? Is somebody hurting your team? And as the thoughts begin to crescendo into a bout of paranoia and caution, the door opens. Am I being kidnapped again? (laughs) Have I already been kidnapped? Walked right into this one. (laughs) In walks a man, tall, pale, slender, with an effeminate face and small eyes with red irises. He wears knee-high boots of a supple, unknown black leather. His tight gray trousers leave little to the imagination, and his slim-cut burgundy dress shirt is cuffed above the elbows to show his long, thin forearms. Behind him is another man. Yet when you look upon him, you cannot shake the feeling of deja vu. It takes a moment before you realize two things. One, he looks almost exactly the same as the first man, but with a ruddy tan and a healthy pad of meat on his bones. And two, you can see through him. What spell have you cast on yourself? The translucent creature looks at the other man expectantly who is currently writing something down on what looks like a clipboard. He looks at you, looks back down at his clipboard, and keeps writing. It's a pleasure to be working with you. (laughs) Did that sound enthusiastic? (laughs) (laughs) Authentic enough? (laughs) Uh, It's a pleasure working with you as well. One second. Uh, He extends a hand limply. I'm afraid it's a bit difficult for me to kiss your hand. Uh, he grabs yours and shakes it awkwardly. Baron Alcourt de Lafayette is my assistant. You may call him Al. You probably already know, but I'm Gaspar. He nods. There it is a little bit of a courtesy. Much appreciated. So what are we doing today? Well, I suppose that is up to you. You see, I've been watching you on the sky insofar as they allow me to. And everything I can tell tells me that you are, eh, kind of all over the place. That is my primary tactic. If I'm all over the place, I'm a lot harder to hit. No, no, no. I mean, uh, sloppy. You're doubling in forces. You do not understand. You're trying to summon spirits. You're trying to uh, uh, chain uh, souls and concepts to you that you cannot process. You're, <laughs> I've seen your character sheet. It is uh, embarrassing. Most of those skills, I... Borrowed from others. How familiar are you with um, undeath? <laughs> Unwillingly very familiar. I have some first-hand experience. Your first-hand experience with exactly one kind of experience. Everything else is outside of your ken. You seem uh, completely unwilling to understand the possibility that things are not the way you understand them. Perhaps I've been hesitant to learn more. For sure. You've enslaved somebody. That's a harsh word. It is accurate. Now, you see, this um, 
thing. He gestures to the what you assume to be some kind of specter. This is um what do you say? My prior form. An echo? No. This is my soul. Well, what was once my soul. Now I have a completely different soul, which is far more powerful and uh well, as you can see, far more dashing. You've enslaved yourself? Yeah. Enslaved is a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> You see, it doesn't sound it doesn't sound so good. <laughs> Look, if you want to get better at this kind of thing, and you're going to have to study from somebody who has a um, a richer understanding of what it means to be undead. You haven't even publicly come out yet. No, I have not. You see, how can you tap into the nature of life and death when you aren't even willing to admit to yourself what you are? If I accept this part of me, what are my limits? None. Then I'm ready to begin. Good. First, let's try to um, put you through the ringer, as they say. My friend, he gestures to Al, who steps forward. He manifests in his hand a shield and a sword. Alcod walks back towards the edge of the room, and he gestures for you to do the same on the other side. I get into position and draw my saber. Al floats forward and plants himself in between you and his master. Tell me, have you ever for something that is ethereal? I have. Mm? I'm not at liberty to talk about it. No, I'm sure. It was an error, right? We also found shadows in that mansion. Oh, yeah, that's true. Then you should be somewhat familiar with the nature of fighting them. Have you ever fought a ghost? No, I have not. Good luck. All you have to do is tag me. Yo, is this a ghost? That is. Can't I just walk through it? You can try. You'll recall last time a ghost went through someone, it did a considerable <laughs> amount of damage. Trying to walk through him, he's going to Patrick Swayze you. He's going to get swayzed. <laughs> Can't swayze me. Unswayzed. <laughs> I'm unswayzed. Ghostly <laughs> <God>. antics. <clears throat> All right. Al seems unconcerned with you. He is ready. He is prepared. But he doesn't seem worried. I want you to roll initiative. 13. Excellent. Okay. Both of them go before you in the initiative, but neither of them take an action. Instead, they seem to be readying for something. You go first. Well, I'm going to run right through you. I'm going to move and take the dash action. Run straight for Al. But right at the last second, I'm going to kind of drop to the ground a little bit to the left. Do a roll to reposition myself in an attempt to juke Al. Excellent. So, as you begin to run forward, you make it five feet before a wall appears before you. It is a... Ow. <laughs> wow. It is a 30-foot wall uh, with you in the middle of it. Or, 35-foot wall with you in the middle of it. How tall? It is about 15 feet. But it is scalable. It is made of a kind of almost ethereal stone. Do I run face first into it? You do. Damn it. Well, face first. Mm -hmm. Uh, Go ahead and give me a dexterity save. 18. You pass. And uh, do you have evasion yet? I do. Okay, cool. Then you don't take anything. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I would have run face first into it if I had one. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm going to continue my move up this wall. Oh, up the wall. All right. Go ahead and give me a athletics or acrobatics check. 
acrobatics. I'm going to run a little bit diagonally off the side of the wall, grab onto it with my right hand, and vault over with a natural 20 for a 30 total. Mm. It's half your movement? How far do you move? All the way up the wall. And then are there any obstacles in front of me? That's 30 feet. I yeah. think he's still okay. dashing. And you're going to use your dash action? Uh, my cunning action to mm, dash. Okay. So just my bonus right now. Fair enough. Do I see any other obstacles while I'm up on this wall? Not immediately. Gaspar almost dives forward, ready to go onto the ground and gain as much momentum as possible, but thinks twice because there could be another wall that appears in his face and would rather not have that happen mid-jump. Right. So he's going to carefully slide down it, supporting his weight with one hand and then dropping down in front of it instead of jumping off of it. All right, cool. So you... Don't jump, but you just kind of fall off and try to catch yourself there? Yeah. Okay, cool. We'll call that another five feet of movement. Yeah. So you've used uh, 30 to get up. So five, 30, five. So 40 total. Yeah. You've ruined my plans. I'm going to then try and orbit around Al. Okay. In a wide curve. So how wide? I want to say... Diagonal? 35 feet between us. 35 feet between us. Okay. Uh, well, you're, you're currently 25 feet away. Okay. I will also now use my action to dash. Okay. So I have a total of 40 more feet. Then I'm going to go to his left side and try and make an extra 10 feet of distance. All right. Cool. Cool. He's going to use his reaction, or rather his prepared action, to misty step directly in front of you. All right. That brings us back to the top of the initiative. At which point... Alcald is going to prepare his action, and Al is going to attack you. It's Crit. definitely a critical failure. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the sound of that. So he, as he tries to reach into your chest and grab your heart, he makes himself ethereal for just a little bit too long, giving you enough room to move through him to the other side. Wow, I already fulfilled the promise. <laughs> Went right through him. Tried to call him on you. Crit happens. <laughs> Crit does happen. Very good. And that makes it your turn. I'll do ambitious. I'm going to take the disengage action. All right. And then charge towards Alcult. All right. He uses his ability to create a wall of fire. We dive through the fire. <laughs> All right. Cool. You attempt to jump through the fire. Go ahead and give me a dexterity saving throw. That's a 10 total. That is not going to do it. Uh, you're going to be taking 5d8 damage. Of course, I have 2d8s. You're going to take 26 psychic damage, realizing that the flame is not actually fire, but instead a kind of ectoplasmic energy. Ow. Oh, and by the way, I did goof. I mixed up uncanny enc- I mixed up uncanny dodge and evasion, so feel free to hit me with half of that wall. Ah, yeah. okay. Well, if it helps, it was only going to be 1d6 cuz I feel like fall- charging full speed at a wall is no different than getting hit with a cudgel. Uh, it was a 5, however. Mm. So you'll be taking 2. That hurt a lot more than I thought it would. <laughs> it's fine. All right. I would say, oh man, that's a good question is can you continue moving through a wall of fire if you've caught on fire yeah. and you're in it? Usually, yeah. Uh, but going, unless it's a special thing. I'm going to go ahead and have you roll a D100. Ooh. Not to be confused with the Z100, uh, Portland's best rock station from the 90s. 
And we're going to see whether or not you burst into flames as you try to move through actual uh, psychic fire. And you, being a undead creature, are likely to catch from this. I did not have D10s handy, so let me, let me just... No fooling. I mean, I can roll it for you. No, nah, here we go. What what do I need? What am I looking for? High, low, odds, evens? Uh, you are trying to roll above a 10. Come on, dice. Above a 10. 20! Nicely nice! You managed to get through and not catch on fire. Normally it doesn't catch you on fire. I'm giving an unusual circumstance, so I didn't want to make it an unfair roll. All right, cool. So you are able to move through it. That's going to cost uh, two moves to get through the fire, which means you've spent 10 to get to this side. Okay. Or, sorry, 15. Then I will use the other 15 to go towards Occult. One, two, three. Now the tricky part is that's my move and my bonus action. So I'm going to dash and try to get to him, but I don't have an action to tag him with. Nice. Okay, so cool. I will just be within five feet of him. One, two, three. Like juking left and right, boxing him in up against the wall. Do you have an action that you'd like to take to embody that, or are you just flavoring it? I'm dashing. So it, that only took like, what, 15 feet of movement? Yeah. So yeah, I'm like, use my other 15 movement just to circle around as many. You know, just... <laughs> <laughs> just really shake them right. Just, just you wait. One of these days, I'm gonna go 90 feet around one mini. Do a little wall run on the wall I'll behind him. Make a trench him. around him. Spin I, him like a drill. I do like that because your character's all hunched over. You do fit under his terribly, terribly painted green light. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Excellent. So you end your turn standing directly in front of the man who has thus far had total control over the environment. Yeah, nothing can go wrong here. <laughs> <laughs> At which point. He manifests what looks like a sickle in one hand made of that same psychic energy that you saw from the fire, and he takes a swing at you. That's not it. He's rolling a d100 for an attack? Does a 19 hit? It does. Okay. Does an 18 hit? That does as well. Too bad. That's going to be 20 damage. I'm going to use my uncanny dodge to have that to 10. Nice. You can only have one of them, unfortunately. Oh, sorry. Oh, that was two attacks? Yeah. Okay, so cool. we'll say you have the least hostile, because I rolled them both at the same time, which yeah. you're not supposed to do. Um, so the one that would have been 12 is going to get half to six. Okay. Yeah. So, so that should be six plus eight, so 14. We're still up. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, he's going to use his disengage... And then move away from you. And that makes it the ghost's turn. Who then teleports between you and his master. Oh, no. Oh, he doesn't attack? He does not attack. Oh, good. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is the end. <laughs> These guys cheated Able Tag. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you guys were lucky. You did 3v1. I had to do it 1v1. <laughs> All right. Gaspar braces for the incoming blow from Al because Gaspar is at almost his end. He's 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 gassed out. <laughs> <laughs> Unintended. But sees Al just holding his shield up, body blocking. He's gotta he's gotta bet the farm. He's gonna No <laughs> Not <Sorry. my> <laughs> Gonna take the disengage action, make my way to Al Cult. Excellent. As you do so, his reaction triggers. Not an attack of opportunity, just the action he had prepared. Yeah. And he attacks you as you move through mm. with his ethereal sword. Does a 16 hit? 
It does not. Nice. And that means that you managed to move through him, and now you are standing toe-to-toe with your target. Twist his dick off. That's a old dick twist. (laughs) Gaspar is then going to faint with his left hand towards Alcult's chest. Mm. But as Alcult tries to lean back or away, Gaspar then dives with his right hand towards his foot. Oh, all right, all right. Uh, Go ahead and roll me a dexterity melee attack. Boy, oh boy. That is a 25 to hit. Nice. That is more than enough. Uh, You do actually manage to tag him on the foot and use the opportunity for a nice ankle pick, putting him on his back. Right in the Achilles. He lets out a heavy whoo as he collides with the ground. (laughs) Very good. Very good. I'm almost double dead. (laughs) You look like crap. I did not strategize well. You were summoning walls, walls of fire. He was teleporting. This is the kind of synchronicity I'm trying to teach you. I want to show you how this can be done. Notice at no point did I try to attack you. Everything I did was to try and stop, and I still managed to do more than enough damage to put you on your ass. And that is what you have to pay attention to. When you're going to be using another soul, something that's connected to you, then you have to be keeping in mind exactly where everybody is, how you can use it to your advantage. I've seen you use your friend, um, what was his name? Nepet. Nepet. Speaking of, and then you can see above, I'll call Nepet, forms and dives for a tag as well. <laughs> Flops onto the ground. Tag and his dissipates. ghost with your ghost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're Nepet. I've seen you use it very... Uh, Willy nilly, is this the world? I do not have a strong command over him, and I can only keep him manifested for a split second. It is almost as if you forget you even have it until the very last second. You do not position your enemies to be to your advantage. You don't use your allies to get you into a position where you can use it. These are all things that I would like to do, but again, I need to first manifest him out of the pain and necrotic energy that I generate, mm. and. Then it's just a spark. It's He's just there for one stab. That's all he can do. Right. But if you want to help me manifest something that remains, I will gladly take those lessons. I will help you with that and more. But first, again. Do I get to rest? <laughs> What's this rest? You're in the middle of combat. You do not have an opportunity to rest. I won, though. Didn't I? Fine. He hands you a health potion. And then gestures you back. I only have three HP left. (laughs) (laughs) As you get back to the other side of the room and you reset your position, he says to you, I'm going to turn you into a killing machine. And in time, even the dead will fear you. Decadent Divas, heart-stopping chart-toppers, impressing the press. Get your glory and gossip right here on Major Image. Last night, a persistent paparazzo snagged a shot of Stella Teague, the starlight sorceress sneaking out the back door of a sinful soiree off Arata's Tempestas Boulevard. 
In a city of red light districts, Tempestus is the chewy center of Verata's hard candy nightlife. For this luminescent legend to be seen slithering down Sin Street takes some shine out of the stars. But let's get real here. Even with Zenith's bans on teleportation and enchantment, there's a slew of saucery sorceries to dodge the press. Maybe the night sky cutie pie wants to put a bit of an edge on her image. And to that, I say, do it. Life's too short to play the pretty princess. You're a legend, girl. Live like one. Speaking of Edge, Ophidian Ashpool has taken Hero Team the battle standard from zero to heal. Staying just this side of evil, this princely padlock has raised the battle standard standards while drawing in unprecedented fan support. Season after season of dull do-rights has left adventure fanatics with a feel-good fatigue. And while Ashpool's antics might put him at the top of the Deadpool, audiences are clamoring for more of the blood and bastardry. But every good heel needs a face. Many thought the Fallow Crown, former fan favorites and known rivals of Ashpool, were shoo-ins for the number one slot, with a perfidious paladin snapping at their heels, so to speak. But with their prolonged absence, lack of access quests, and overall death of press presence, the Crown seems to be letting their own good name Fallow. Time will tell, but for the first time in a long time, Hero Rank's ratings are catching up to the champs, and I for one am champing at the bit for more minor league mischief. This has been Major Image with Aspen Vancaster. Stay tuned for the experience after these words from our sponsors. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Lo, Vangor! The Magma Drake is headed this way! Prepare for battle! Right, oh friend of mine! Let me just down this portion of fire resistance to stand strong against this foe's flames! Just hurry up! It's coming fast! Okay! Gnomish wine, vial of sacred black sand... Elven bathwater, aha! Potion of fire resistance. Damn, that's a pretty big bottle. Vanguard? Right, right. Well, here goes nothing. Stand fast! The Drake is nearly upon us! Oh, God, it tastes like rusty milk. Here it comes! It's so thick. Why is it so thick? Get down! Drinking potions in this action economy? Who has time to chug sludge when you have foes to face? Nothing's more awkward mid-skirmish than stopping what you're doing to knock back 10 to 16 ounces of enchanted muck. Introducing the future of potions. Small condensed capsules that dissolve in your mouth, with all of the magical properties of the original potion they were based on. If combat's on the horizon, just pop one of these pungent nuts into your cheek zone and let the magic take hold when you need it. Quaff Drops, coming to an alchemist near you. Why schlug warm goo when you can just suck a ball? Hail you cuties. Time for me to roll a mid-roll roll. It's a seven. That sounds about right. 
two fun things to announce this week. First is for the time being, our limited edition LUQ pins, which are selling out, are now available for more international shipping. If you've been waiting for one but couldn't get it shipped to your country, check to see if your area is now in our shipping options, because we've added as many as we could. Visit the LUQ.com for more info. The second is we recently made official LUQ-themed character sheets for 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, just like we play on the show. These are highly stylized one-page sheets made to track your character's info as if they were part of the LUQ, with team name, ranking, glory, and more. These sheets are available to our Patreon supporters at $3 a month and up. The $3 tier has access to the black and white sheets, including the form-fillable PDF, and $5 tiers and higher have access to the full-colored sheet, just our way of thanking the patrons who we love so very dearly. Speaking of the patrons, if you want to make a character to join the Battle Axis and become part of the show's meta, you can find those options at our highest Patreon tiers. Or if you want to join a legendary team and get mentioned with your team during the mid-roll. Our current teams are the Titans Rise, the Twilight Concord, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Forgotten Legacy, with Wagon, Insanity, John Reinhardt, and Daryl. We love fan art and cute presents. You can always tag us on social media and show us your cool LUQ creations, or if you want to send us something that isn't homemade food, the address is P.O. Box 230091, Tigard, Oregon 97281. We love to share your work and hang things in our studio. We do need more Twitch followers. I know to you, we're podcast folk, but we really do put a big part of our hearts into streaming as well. Monday nights, Dana hosts new episodes of the LUQ. Wednesday nights, me and Zach play our cooperative Pokemon Soul Link Nuzlocks, and we both just laugh ourselves stupid. And Thursday, Dana's back for some awesome Penny plays. And you can join us during the rest of the week for whatever we have time for. Lots of great games and conversations to be shared. And of course, if you want to get an advertisement or personal message on the show, contact admin at slapdashstudios.com. We love having cool stuff to plug. But that's enough out of me. Let's get you back to the Battle Axis. The fast-paced world of wizardry leaves no room for mistakes. Even the most archy of mages sometimes mistakenly mix up their incantations. Oh, bother. I meant to cast Stinking Cloud, but I've accidentally summoned this foul-smelling clown. Next time, before you scribe, reach for Spellcheck. Professional, instant corrections for all your arcane engagements. Casting spells from the top floor of your tower? Get Spellcheck for Windows. Worried about poison fruit? Get Spellcheck for your apple. Spellcheck. Plus two to confidence saves. Iavos. You have been sitting in the training room for what feels like an hour though time is difficult to tell in your current condition. I'm uh, sewing some patches into the lower part of my robes, humming to myself. The door opens. A humanoid figure enters the room. At first blush, with its feline features, you assume the creature's tabaxi. Yet, when backward hands pull down the hood to reveal the head of a tiger, there can be no doubt in your mind. It enters the training room, casts about a penetrating glance before sizing you up. I clumsily get to my feet and put away my little sewing kit, taking a little too long, tuck it back into its side pocket, and then... Uh, hello! Uh, very fine to meet you, extending my hand outward. And then, can I, like, look and be like, and then, like, uh, turn it upside down, confused? <laughs> it holds out its backwards hand and takes yours by the fingers and thumb and gives a gentle shake. Oh, my friend Halophone taught me this one, and I just give him a fist bump. <laughs> uh, it gives you a large, toothy tiger grin and bumps your fist, but says nothing. The Rakshasa 
lifts its hand and beckons, but not to you. Instead, a boy of twelve enters the room. His mousy brown hair hangs in his eyes. Nearly every feature of him is nondescript except those damned eyes. The deep crystal blue of them seems to pulsate with a sinister light. The boy raises both of his hands, revealing that they are in chains. I'd shake your hand, but... Jingle, jingle. Why are you chained up, lad? Sorry, lad. Um, my name is, well, I guess my birth name is Falrick Sunderholm. But that was many lives ago. You may call me Master. Interesting nickname. All right. He looks at the Rakshasa. Can I approach? The Rakshasa gives a silent nod. He comes up to you and starts kind of looking around at you, gently reaching out, kind of testingly, and then touching your articles and items of importance. Just unflinchingly watch him. Some of them he touches and there's like a spark that he seems to snap back from and then get excited and touch them again. Others, he kind of looks curious. When he sees the bell, he doesn't touch it and just points at it. I see. All right. Um, <laughs> this is this is exciting. Is it? I'm told that you and I share a common methodology. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ether, astrum, uh, materium, quintessence, they're, they're all energy. They're, there's no distinction. And uh, magic is just harnessing that energy and shaping it with will. It's all, the rest is just set dressing. Divine, arcane, uh, whether you're a bard or a wizard, it's meaningless. And uh, from everything I've heard, you seem to be of a similar mindset. I would agree with that. Uh, the lines between the arcane and divine don't seem as distinct to me. I'm excited to work with someone of like mind. I've seen from the scry, or what they let me see, that you have a talent for spellcraft. I, I want to tap into that a little bit. See, I, I was persecuted and eventually prosecuted for breaking down the carefully constructed walls of magical academia and the ecclesiarchy. But in the end, I watched them all fall to dust. Time, my friend, time and will are the only resources that matter. Everything else is raw material. Were you awoken in the body of a child? In a manner of speaking. I see. Yes. Well, thankfully knowledge will push on till the end of time, won't it? Yes. And I certainly hope mine will. I'd be delighted to learn your perspectives on magic. Uh, will this individual be here to take a lecture as well? Yes. Ah. Uh... They're here to make sure I don't do to you what I did to this boy. Fascinating. But before we go any further, I have to know if you're worth my time. So, hmm, let's get started. Neil. Takes a second. Ah, there we are. Just like sowing seeds. As you do, the Rakshasa approaches seemingly cautiously with a hand on a dagger. Falrick looks at them and shrugs. Rakshasa releases the dagger, but places its hand on his shoulder. Claws digging into the skin, revealing a small amount of blood, which seems somehow darker than it should be. Hmm. 
He reaches out and gently touches your forehead. And as he does, an assault of unrecognized magical energy infiltrates your mind. Suddenly, you're in a cabin. A farmhouse. The smell of dust and wood smoke are thick in the air. A stew cooks over an open fire. And a man stands before you. His skin is patchwork, scale, flesh, fur. Fragments of various species cobbled into a sculpture of a human. His cruel eyes pulse blue as he raises his hand to point a finger at a chair in which you sit. An old hand-carved rocking chair. The sacrilege of your presence in this throne fades as you begin to realize this is... This is not the acre. This is your mind. The man speaks. I wish to take a seat. Stop me. I cast hold person. Interesting. Okay. Uh, As you raise your hands, you see that they are young. Your body is strong. For this is not the body of some little boy grown old with time, but the powerful form of a man who labored in eternity on a small farm at the edge of all things. This is a combat-based skill challenge. However, in place of strength, you will use intelligence. In place of dexterity, you will use wisdom. And in place of constitution, you will use charisma. Interesting. So, channeling the energy of the whole person spell, Iavos is going to stand to his feet, relishing for just a moment the vitality of this frame, remembering the strength he had before. And with a strong hand, he reaches out and puts his hand against this creature's chest and uses hold person, but he's holding him with his mind. Interesting. Uh, what are you going to use for that? I guess uh, intelligence athletics. Okay, I like to do that. Do a brain grapple. Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh, 14. That is not going to do it. As you reach out with your psychic energy to try and entangle this man, he simply breaks free and casts you away from the seat. Your next turn. I must warn you, this is a test, and I've always excelled at tests. <laughs> what a nerdy thing to warn someone. <laughs> <laughs> it's so in character for Iavos, too. <laughs> yeah. Using a nature check, I'm going to tune myself in with this familiar farmland, but with mold earth, I violently rend sharp stones through the cabin floorboards to create spikes and obstacles between this creature and the chair. Interesting. All right, go ahead and roll. Uh, magic, come to me. Critical. Oh, baby. It's a 26 for those at up. home. I made up for that first failure. The jagged spikes of rock drive up from the earth and kind of pin him in place, stabbing into some parts of his body. He then uses his own power to break the stone and begins walking towards the chair. You're a tenacious one, aren't you? Overconfident in his youthful frame, he's going to attempt a misty step between this creature and the chair, interposing himself as the barrier. Um, I'm going to use, I suppose, a perception to just magically place myself in the right spot between the debris and the uh, wreckage that I have caused. All right, uh, go ahead and give me the roll. I will do my best. Wisdom. Hey, I got a 19. Hey, nice. That is another success for you. And now he's going to actually start doing things to you. 
My body is ready. So what, what did you just do exactly? I misty step between him and the chair. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So you position yourself very well, and he uses this opportunity to try and attack you. But in a way, you're not used to being attacked. He doesn't so much strike out at you with any kind of physical manifestation or even any kind of spell that you know. Instead, he simply tries to pull away parts of you. Mm. Don't like that. And I have a question for you. What is your AC if instead of dexterity, you used wisdom? It would be 15. Excellent. He is successful. Angus. He is going to deal you. Rough roll. Uh, he's going to deal you 10 psychic damage. Ouch. That's a notable chunk of my total. I'm sad my hit points are better in my brain. <laughs> Still pretty below average. You revel in your strength, but you have nothing. This is an illusion, and a weak one at that. Unfortunately for you, in a place of dreams, I have the upper hand. I am going to use an intelligence intimidate, if I can, to impose my will into this creature and try to blind them. Fair enough. My strong think box. <laughs> uh, 17. That is a success. So happy I get to use my good stats. This is wonderful. <laughs> what is it? It's such a strange feeling to pass skill challenges. For a moment, the sinister blue glow of his eyes falters and blurs as his eyes go white. It lingers for only a moment before he runs a hand across his face and his eyes return to their normal state. He then reaches out with his hand as though grasping something and then squeezes. And as he does, you can feel psychic fingers wrapping around memories as they begin to dissipate like smoke. No, my memories. You said your uh, psychic AC is 15? That's right. He does not get it. Ooh, lucky. As his hand closes... Your memories insist upon themselves, driving themselves back into your mind. Those are all I have. You cannot have them. At that, he smiles. Then stop me. You're up. Then be unmade. And I pull out my mother's sewing needle, and I trace it along the stitches that hold this patchwork man together and Ooh. pull with all my might. <laughs> Doing a medicine check Ooh. to undo what has constructed him. Yeah, yeah, that tracks. Oh, no. I'm going to give you advantage on that because it specifically <laughs> calls back to the same thing you did to the uh, hey, necromancer. I'm so flattered by the great that. uncle. Yeah, that was a good that was a good call. This was a good line to tear a family apart. I'm mm. proud, mm. proud of that. Okay, well, that's better, but it's only a 13. That is not going to do it. As you try to pull away at the stitching that holds him together, you realize that these are not mere psychic coils binding flesh together. There is something far greater than you or he that keeps him bound. Well made, aren't we? <laughs> you cannot begin to imagine what I am made of. This is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> As he says that, he reaches out and grabs the gossamer thread that holds you to him through your spell and pulls in an attempt to unravel you. Mm. But as he does... More and more thread is pulled, yet no diminishment of you. And soon he is tangled, heavy, in the abstract bindings of all that you are. He doesn't get an action next turn, because he got a critical failure. So you get two. 
It's not comfortable being burdened by such threads, is it? But thank you for lightening my load. (laughs) I am going to bolster my psychic presence by calling on the memories of my sister, powerful in all things magical, and the resilience of my father, brave and resolute, Mm. and use a religion check to basically buff myself, like an overall blessing. I like it. Come on, dice. Critical. Nice. Okay, cool. The whole family just piles in like an SUV. (laughs) That is very good. That puts you at six successes to one failure. And you get another action. I'm going to lay a hand gently on this creature's shoulder and look into his eyes as he's tethered and tangled in this magical gossamer thread and say, none of this is real. You're a manifestation of chaos. Clearly anger. Be at peace. Return to the ether. And do a persuasion check to calm the rage in this monster's mind. Interesting. I think I could use wisdom. If not, it's cool. I just want to see if it, like, it sounds like that's what I'm flavoring it with, but I'll yeah. use whatever. You know what? Use, use your wisdom. Wisdom therapy role. Wait, therapy. Exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Diana Troying him. <laughs> Please. Damn it. What? Janet? I rolled a two. Um, that's an eight. All right. You know nothing of what I am, and you never will. He begins to pulsate with psychic energy, and then, in a single burst, he throws off the threads which scream towards you like razor-sharp silver blades. And it gets a natural 20. Oh, no. That's not ideal. Not a fan of that. Uncanny dodge it. This time, he hits you for another 10 psychic damage. Oof! Ouch. So now I am tangled in the dream threads. And I think, in response to that, my best option is to try to liberate myself. All right. So I'm going to attempt to use an acrobatics to untangle myself. I'm going to say you got to use a uh, sleight of hand if you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Sleight of hand. Okay. Sleight of hand. I will definitely use sleight of hand. So I am going to do a wisdom sleight of hand in the dream space to attempt to untangle myself from the dream threads. I like this. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not trained. It's an 11. Uh, that's not going to do it. No. You begin to find yourself tangled up in your own psychic thread. Burdened by the memories of everything you could have been, everything you're supposed to be, everything you remember, and everything your family was. I don't like that at all. At which point, he begins to walk towards the chair, pushing through your psychic barrier. And as he does, you can feel the strain cracking the shield that holds him back. And yet, you rebuff him. I don't know if I can make two more successes. I'm running out of skills. Mm -hmm. I know, right? Mm Mm-hmm. This is why I like the skill challenges the way I'm doing them, because if, as the longer they go on, the mm-hmm. harder it gets to do well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is an illusory realm. Mm-hmm. I'm tangled up in confused emotions, quite literally, uh, haunting memories, the fear of this creature. I want to use an insight check to remember myself, who I am, what mm-hmm. I'm capable of, and know that this fear is not real. I like it. I don't think I can use my glasses on this one. <laughs> 14? That is not enough. You begin to get lost. You're having a hard time finding where you end and you begin. Everything is fading into memory. You can remember the dust on your hands. You remember the the cold, cold fangs. And you can hear the howling in the distance. Hoofbeats, but this time, no hoofbeats at all. Just fangs 
and claws. As the psychic fangs lash out at you, you feel them dig into your ego, dealing you another 10 damage. Great. <laughs> Super good. Where are you now? Four! <laughs> I'm going to, trying to emerge from these tendrils and threads. Don't turn your back on me, creature. I'm still standing. Your challenge is here, not there. And I'm going to do a performance check to try to goad the creature into turning back to me. Excellent. Because it seems angry. I like it. Looking to hit emotion here. Guidance. Nope. Ah, damn. Oh, my God. The challenge is where I insist it is. And you are no challenge at all. He continues pushing, pushing. And as he does, you feel your will begin to break under the force of him. As his body slowly lowers towards the chair, panic rises in your throat. When suddenly, razor-sharp claws dig across the face of the illusion. As you feel him forcibly torn free of your ego. The child spills out onto the floor, his blood splattering as the Rakshasa is on top of him. Its claws wrapped around his neck, its teeth bare. The boy begins to squirm and panic. I I wasn't going to do anything. I swear I wasn't actually going to sit. (laughs) You're incredible. Oh, Mr. Isadora, we're going to do great things together. In a twist that should shock no one, Waffle the Warforged Monk, being totally blind, was unable to solve the puzzle hidden in the stained glass window to free his allies. Sometimes feeling the pain isn't enough. Now the Snipes must fight for their lives in this puzzler-turned-bum-fuzzler. Ha! Bum-fuzzled. However, if they can pull out a W, their challenge multiplier will more than cancel out the minor discipline hit from turning this quizzical quest into a physical free-for-all. And, uh, you know, speaking of quizzes... I made a yarn chart, you know, of everyone who has a reason to kill you. I'm going to get to the bottom of this dirty assassination attempt and sniff out the assassiner. Once the private Dirk sinks his teeth in, I never let go. Like a trained chimp on a stolen wallet. Dirk, I told you. Let it go. This isn't your concern. Also, is that a picture of you? Why the hells are you on your own chart? First of all, Rustler, I'm a wild card. And we don't play by anyone's rules, especially our own. Plus, I have no idea what I'm capable of. Also, second, you stab me on live scry, imprison my crime friend, and in the latest insult, put trap runes on the special snack cabinet that makes everything taste like dish soap. You know I'm hooked on the suds. I keep telling you that's my alchemy cabinet. Those ingredients are priceless, and every time you gamble on a snack, you take one step closer to a painful death. Oh yeah? Then why is everything orange and my fingers are twice as long? Checkmate. That doesn't make any sense. The point is, I have as much reason to want you dead as... Bernard the Male Golem, who shouts the news through the slot. Dirk, mail on Zenith is delivered via magical post. Tell that to the Burning Man, because he's been dropping off during Good Grub coupons at least twice a day. Are you done? Can we wrap up the broadcast now? You've managed to make caring about me a fuse-shortening topic. Fine, but if I find your firm yet flexible corpse in the foyer, don't expect a kind urology at your funeral. 
Dirk, the fact that you assume you'd even be invited to my funeral shows how disconnected from reality you really are. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. I was ranking your potential murderers in order of how weird they would look kissing you. And let me tell you, the Rusty Dirk is way more disturbing than the sex act of the same name. I would give anything to end this broadcast right now. Anything? Not access to my alchemy cabinet. Whatever you say. Looks like one Dirk Bradley just moved from threat level khaki to fuchsia. Damn. Great. Was that our first what a punk. failure? I, th- I don't think know. This so. season? I mean, I say our... But it wasn't a group skill I mean, We didn't which... do good in Gaspar's dungeon thing. That's true. I think if yeah. you measure failures to successes, That's that was true. a failure. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> I was so hot in the beginning there, too. I know. And then you just cool. Did those right 20s off. count as doubles? Just, yeah, they, they did. Count them. Cool. Yeah. Well, I have no ability to count in the middle of action. Yeah. yeah. All yeah, told, you rough. had four successes, and then you counted, uh, and two of those were doubles. So you got six. But you needed eight. Well, in any case, let's start with play of the game. Okay. Mm, this was. The Gaspar, yep, Gaspar and, and Iavos. Iavos episode. And remind yourself of what episode we just played. Yep, yep. <laughs> I say we, they. Yep. I mean the toe tackle. You succeeded. Mm. You you tripped David Bowie. I feel like MVP's got to be Gaspar because he did actually successfully beat the coach mm-hmm. and well. Yeah, it was a clean win. Well, I mean, if, if you can consider finishing at three hit points clean. I do. All right. Well, to be fair, both of your coaches were holding back. Well, yeah, <laughs> obviously. And all I have to do is tap his toe. Yeah. yeah come on. <laughs> MVP could be the Rakshasa for preventing Iavos from being possessed by this dude. True. <laughs> yeah, he, he did eat that kid Doing his job. just a little. I don't know. I just kind of want to say play the game is all of Law's incredibly creative uses of skills and concepts. That, they were all that, very, very that good. Was, that was good. There was a lot of flavor happening there. Yeah. A lot yeah. of flavor. There's not there. enough skills in 5e, though. I'm just like running out of material. Yeah, you were running out. Yeah. Uh, any dishonorable mentions? Uh, Ow. Nebit. Nebit, man. <laughs> <laughs> Last minute tag. <laughs> I'm helping. <laughs> Fucking blood nerd. Nebit, nebit. <laughs> They're called hematopathologists. Oh Thank yeah, you. yeah. Play of the game, I think, for me actually was was Law saying that you know I should warn you, I'm very good at tests. <laughs> oh, that was very oh, funny. Class. All right, so we're not going to go around the table this time. In fact, we're not going to be going around the table at all. Instead, I'm just going to give a very special thank you to Sam Hediger, the editor, for editing this episode. I'm also going to thank Bree Golden for the map that we are going to be using soon Ooh, that's right and maybe we'll go around the table in the future like a special episode just to remind people you know yeah every so often once in a while maybe even just the last episode of the chapter i was gonna say yeah Yeah. i think the last episode of each recording maybe i think it's a good idea and that way this area can be a little bit more comedic it can be a little bit more freeform and if we get more advertisers we can do some ed roll ads and make them as funny as conceivably possible a little bit less rambly that's not gonna happen we need more ads for mid roll too well if there's no announcements from anybody here i want to say thank you all for coming and we wish you luck (laughs) 